Snow is going away, but the permafrost is still there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you went out and tried to dig a hole, you would yeah. realize. Probably a little hard. <laughs> uh, we are so blessed to be here with you today. We are going to do um, some discussion over some verses in Colossians. And uh, we'll sing a song and do some jibber-jabber, which we do a lot. Oh, maybe like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Gibberish. Gibberish, not jibber jabber. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a fun time. We won't be with you long. We won't keep you long, but long enough. Oh, one more chapter in America's Trojan oh, War. That's right. And we're just going to pack this day with these treasures. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. We're going to begin with the Bible. Yes. And open up to Colossians, which is a book in the New Testament, written by Paul. And. Uh, going to start in the second chapter at the eighth verse. And it says, Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's a matter of being, not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in. Insiders, not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. That's it. Destroying the power of sin. And up there at, earlier it says his power extends over everything. Everything. Everything in heaven and on, on earth and heaven and underneath is all included in that everything. It tells us that in Psalms a couple places. Everything is under his feet, you know, and this is what this is doing is warning us, warning us. And when he was writing this, remember that there wasn't a New Testament. There wasn't weren't any churches. There weren't anything. He was walking through a pagan world, sharing the gospel with people and people were believing. And he would leave and go to the next town and then, you know, write back, you know, send letters back to the town encouraging them and things like that. And this is a, a, a story about a, a town he never even really went to. Someone else evangelized Colossae. 
but he wrote a letter to them. And he had heard that what was going on was what they called the Judaizers were about. That's the people who contended with the apostles throughout the New Testament. They kept coming around following in their footsteps and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus is, is great. You got to have Jesus, but you also got to become a Jew mm. and you got to get circumcised mm. and you got to follow all the laws of Moses. Otherwise, Jesus won't do you any good. And so Paul and John and Peter and all them, their letters, Jude, they're constantly coming back and writing to these people that they had evangelized or that they were uh, seen as being the apostles in charge of them and telling them, no, 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 don't fall for that. Don't, don't let anybody add anything to Jesus. And this kept going on throughout this period when they were writing the New Testament. And what, what happened over a period of years, especially hundreds of years later, when the Roman Empire, you know, co-opted Christianity and, and made Christianity its religion, it brought everything in there. And basically what happened is Judaizers seemed to have won. And they added everything in. And for hundreds of years, you know, a thousand years, people were told, well, if you don't belong to the church, if you don't do the sacraments, if you don't do this, you, you don't go to heaven. It wasn't about just believing in Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's following the laws. Right. Following the laws. Following the laws. And, you know, who were the people who were attacking Jesus when he was walking around on earth? The Pharisees, the scribes, the chief priests and the rulers of Judaism at the time. Why? Because they said he wasn't following the laws. Mm -hmm. Even though he says he came to fulfill the law, and we know that he did. You know, so... This is a warning to them, and extrapolated, a warning to us who have come out, you know, we popped out on the other side of that Dark Ages religion, you know, the, the Reformation and, and everything, but it keeps building up again. I was going to say, you couldn't prove it by me that we came no. out on the other side of that. Because every time, you know, there's a, a Reformation, a generation later, they need another Reformation. Yeah. Because someone will get a vision of God, a vision of Christ, a vision of salvation and faith alone, like Martin Luther had. And a generation later, people are saying, well, yeah, but now if you don't follow the stuff old Martin, Martin wrote down here, mm -hmm. you know, and they add other stuff to it. You know, and this is an admonition to us not to allow anyone to do that to us. And not to do it to ourselves. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. The KISS principle, right? Well, this is the simple gospel. I, I've always, I mean, it's simple. It really is. I mean, all you got to do is have faith. Right. You know, and it's not like some religions today where you got to pray five times a day. You got to fast a whole month. You got to do all this. You got to do all these other things. Well, I remember when I taught comparative religion. The way I taught it, you know, I, I was in a public college. I couldn't teach just the gospel and everything. So what I would do is I would teach comparative religion, all the different religions, and each time I would go cover a religion, I'd take a panel on my blackboard and I'd write, okay, what does this religion say you have to do to get to heaven? And I'd write it all out. And I'd do every religion. Then I would get to Christianity and it would say, you know, the whole board would just say, 
have faith in Jesus. And I actually saw people get saved. I, don't, I know you'll remember that. I had one gal in my take the class and stand there. I remember standing there looking at all those panels and just saying, well, I know what I want. You know, she confessed Jesus and got saved right there. Then she made an appointment with me and brought her whole family in and they gave their lives to Jesus right there just by seeing the truth that God had given us this gift. Mm. And now I want to move on to verses 16 and 17. After he warns us you know, not to allow anybody to do any of that, he says, so he gets very specific here. He says, so don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. And what they're talking about is Judaism was set up when the Israelites came out of uh, Egypt and refused to allow God to just walk among themselves and said, no, 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 we need, we want Moses to intercede between us and God. So God says, okay, that's the way you want it. Here's the laws, here's all this. And they set up Judaism and it became a religion and they built all these things. You know, there's the Ten Commandments people know about. But in, in ancient Judaism and in modern Orthodoxy, there are hundreds and hundreds of laws besides that. Mm -hmm. You know, and they even say, well, you've got the written tradition in the Bible, but there's the oral tradition that's passed down, and it's of equal power and strength. And this built up over all that time, and as he says here, those were mere shadows. And he's talking about the Judaism, the holy days, the fasting, and all this. But then look what happened. At hundreds of years later, they built all that right into Christianity. The holy days, the fasting, the, all this stuff once again became the laws. You know, and the only thing we need to get saved is faith in Jesus and belief that God has raised him from the dead and that he is our Savior and we put our faith in him that it's nothing we're going to do or can do that's going to get us to heaven. If it isn't for Jesus... We're not going to make it. I agree. And I think uh, all those rules and laws are for control purposes. So they, people can be controlled, and we don't need that. It's all earthly. It's humanism, really. Mm -hmm. Brought into the church and dressed up, and, you know, sprinkled with holy water and put a Bible on it or on top of it with a cross. And, oh, this is it. But it's really just human control. People trying to control other people. When Jesus came, he said to set you free. Amen. And when he set you free, you are free, free indeed. indeed. That's all I got. Oh, well, that's good. That was a <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> Thank you for that. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And now... <laughs> going to do a song. I'm going to do a song. A song that kind of relates to all that. I have this piece of paper here telling me, the order of the show, and I still, I'm looking at the piece of paper going, uh, what are we going to do? And we've been doing this like several years now. That's true. Right, okay, the song, The Book, The Blood, and The Blessed Hope. That is all you need. Amen, amen. Okay, here we go. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> 
song's over now. The song is over. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite songs, I gotta tell you, because it just says it like it is. Now, Robert is going to read a chapter from America Trojan Roy. <laughs> I am. Chapter 30. Oh, we're coming to the, they were climaxing here. They were getting to the, the real ultimate, and then the surprise ending. We got the surprise ending to look forward to. Yeah. 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 And also, I wanted to say, as long as we're on the topic of books, you can purchase this book and all of Robert's 30-some books. Terrible me to be his wife and not know the exact number, but I don't. Do you? Well, uh, 33. Oh, 33. Look at that. Okay. So Four or five more coming out this year, though. Okay. He just doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, you can get them on Amazon. Amazon.com. Now, what you got to do is like this one, America's Trojan War. Go to the search line on Amazon, put in America's Trojan War, then put in Dr. Robert Owen. Amazon does not like me. You have to always put my name after the name of my books for them to pull them up. Otherwise, they won't pull them up. So if you do that, it pulls it up. And when you see my name, just click on my name. It will take you to my author's page. And all my books are there. And you can buy them in softback or Kindle. So here we go. Chapter 30. Coming up. Chapter 30. Tippecanoe and Parker II. President Laura Parker and General Brown poured over maps of the Middle East, planning for a great offensive to be launched from Jordan. Pointing at a map of Jordan, she said, General, order every available troop we have in the entire region. And I mean Marines from the 5th and 6th Fleet, all the advisors in Iraq, all the special ops, all hands on deck to rendezvous ASAP at the Jordanian Air Force Base in Erbid. Communicate to all our allies, to Russia, to all the actors in the field, that we're launching a full-scale invasion of Syria the moment we have forces assembled. We're going to defeat these savages once and for all, and finally bring peace to the world. Yes, ma'am, said the general. He was on the phone transmitting the appropriate orders when Mike Bender came in to the room. He had just left a few moments before to convey the president's orders concerning the interrogation of prisoners. What is it, Mike? Are some of those weak-kneed bureaucrats giving you a hard time about getting rough with these murdering animals? No, Madam President. There's something else I need to talk to you about. Turning back to study the maps, the president asked, what is it? You might want to hear this in private, Mike replied. Laura reflected on the fact that General Brown had told her he was in for the long haul, and that he was even now conveying orders that could change the history of the world without once questioning her authority. Feeling she had no time to waste on political niceties or considerations, she felt completely comfortable hearing whatever Mike had to say in front of General Brown. So she said, what is it, Mike? you can speak freely in front of the general. General Brown, who had spent years as the commander of the U.S. Army Intelligence Center, was listening to what was transpiring, even as he gave the orders for the invasion of a sovereign country and the intrusion of the United States into one of the deadliest civil wars in modern history. With a quick look at the general, and just a few seconds' hesitation, Bender said, with a quick look at the general and just a few seconds' hesitation, Bender said, Madam, the general in charge of the Wisconsin National Guard refused to arrest Governor Ruiner, and the Wisconsin State Police refused to shut down the radio station in Janesville. Governor Runner is on the air right now broadcasting from Madison, and all the networks are carrying his speech. He's telling the whole country that you've arrested Speaker Bryant and that he's the rightful president 
and that you've staged a coup and are illegally acting as the president. By the time he finished speaking, General Brown had conveyed the orders that set in motion a massive invasion of Syria. Shaken by what she had just heard, Patricia Parker, perhaps soon to be a traitor and ex-president, said, That'll be all for now, Mike. Give me a minute to speak with the general. After Mike left the room, these two main actors in America's coordinated response to this unbelievable day of invasion, murder, and mayhem stood silently looking at each other. General Brown, ever a political animal, was calculating now how he could, if not save his career, at least avoid jail. Patricia Parker was a patriotic soul who had only entered politics to see if she could do something to stop America's slide into socialism and totalitarianism. After three years in office, she was so disgusted with the corruption and egos of it all, she had already announced that she would not seek re-election as the governor of Arizona. Then came the surprise nomination from President Obonio. She knew the progressive president only wanted to use her as a campaign prop. However, she had hoped that Mamie, with the added prestige she would gain by being a former cabinet member, it would open doors for her to have a louder voice in the future than this day dawned. When she was informed by her staff that she was the next in line to be president, she didn't hesitate or equivocate, and she stepped up. She took command and did what she thought was necessary to save the nation. When she was told that the Speaker of the House was still alive. She knew with the death of the President and the Vice President, he was the legal heir to the office. That was when she made the fateful decision to ignore the law and retain the reins of power. She immediately came up with an argument saying that once she was legally sworn in, she was legally the President. She knew she was on shaky ground arresting the Speaker. As she reflected on the situation in Wisconsin, that she may well be branded a traitor, she made another decision. The country could not stand a breaking command now. She was going to soldier on, and come what may, she would maintain her claim that she had been been legally sworn in and was thus the legal president of the United States. All of this flashed through her mind as a revelation. Before she could speak, General Brown said, Madam President, perhaps we should release the speaker and bring him into our council. We should at least acknowledge that we're aware of his rightful place in the chain of command and let the Supreme Court or Congress sort all this out after the battle is won. Before she could answer, a runner from the communication center knocked and entered. Madam President, General Shavitsky reports that the jets have scrambled and they should be within firing range in about 10 minutes. Also, General Vasquez of the 38th Light Infantry of the New Mexico National Guard has crossed the state border and is closing with the ISIS cartel column. He said he should make contact with the enemy in about half an hour. That's great news. Convey my thanks to General Shavitsky and Vaquez, said the president. Yes, ma'am, said the runner as he turned to carry out the president's orders. Before he could get out of the door, another runner from the communication center burst into the room and breathlessly announced, Madam President, the forward observers have told us the ISIS cartel column has entered firing range and they're deploying their self-propelled and towed howitzers. Madam President, the 105 millimeter and 106 millimeter howitzers the Mexicans have can fire as many as four rounds per minute so even without GPS guidance, they'll be able to destroy the 100 acres of this base. We need to take shelter immediately. As he finished speaking, the sound of artillery impacts could be heard from several directions. Lead the way, General, the president said. She started to follow General Bowne, who had been on the base for years and knew where the shelters were when the building shook with the first impact. The president was running behind the general towards 
the closest shelter, with ceiling tiles falling and dust filling the rooms as more and more thunderous impacts could be heard, landing in all directions. They were only yards from the door to the shelter. A young lieutenant was holding the massive steel door open, saying, Hurry, Madam President, hurry! When the opening to the shelter took a direct hit, the flying metal shards from the door and blasted pieces of bricks from the wall nearly shredded the bodies of President Patricia Parker, General Edward Brown, and everyone else in the area. Then the roof collapsed and the curtain came down on the shortest presidential administration in American history. Thank you, Robert. You're welcome. Oh my, the excitement. Here are the feel the ground trembling. In fact, the ground was trembling under my feet just a second ago, and probably that's why. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Well, I tell you what, it's just been a grand time with y'all this time, this week, this day. And we want to, again, um, we told you how to purchase the books, but we want you to contact us at any time through the webpage, um, itookarightturn.com. Go to itookarightturn.com. Click on the contact. Yes. And let us know if there's something you want prayer for or need prayer for or you would like to hear talked about on the show or if you wanted to book us to come do something somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> I don't know. Bring, come say hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I also want to tell them about... Oh, Art Dorfman. Theparadoxshop.com. Yeah, theparadoxshop.com. Uh, not that we're old, because we're not. We're not, no. But we're pretty mature. mature. Seasoned. Seasoned. We're seasoned citizens. And we just started another new business. <laughs> We're not nuts. No, no. You're, well, you're only young once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're blessed by God. And we're Amen. led by God. Amen. So that's what we're doing. Uh, paradox Shop. Theparadoxshop.com. Just like it sounds. Just like a Polish name. It sounds, spell it just like it sounds. T-H-E-P-A-I-R-A-D-O-C-S-S-H-O-P-S.com. Well, wow. there's no wait, there's no S at the end of the I was going to say, it's oh my shot. God. You just gave a one to Whatever, one too many. Get rid of that oh, last one. Get rid of that. <laughs> just strike it off your memory. But anyhow, theparadoxshop.com. You can see our paintings and you can buy prints, limited editions, originals. T-shirts, puzzles. Mugs, all mugs, kinds of stuff like that. Cell phone cases. Yeah, oh man, I tell you, we're right there. We're in the 21st century, by golly. <laughs> we ordered one of the puzzles ourselves just to, I wanted to see the quality of the cut, you know, when I cut the puzzles. And uh, I'm still working on that puzzle. <laughs> What's the quality? Oh, it's good. Good. Yeah, the cuts are good. It's all going together nicely. That was my concern. Yeah, we just picked one. I, I ordered it. When I ordered it, I picked one that's kind of hard to do. It's not uh, good for being a puzzle, maybe. I don't know. Oh, it is. It it's is? just the colors. They're more uh, whites and browns and light browns and dark browns, and then they're muted together, and it makes it kind of so challenging. it's an abstract. It's a little challenging, yeah. but, but, but it's okay. Yeah, next time, next time we'll challenge. try a landscape. Oh, yeah, you don't think that'll be challenging? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, we're so glad you could spend some time with us today and hopefully do it again next week. Amen. Amen. Bye-bye. Bye. I took a right turn and it turned out wrong. I took a wrong turn and it turned out right. Don't you
which way it goes.